Hey y'all, I'm not gonna sit here and lie. There was plenty of parts that I should have edited out, but um, I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and do that. Y'all like raw and authentic uh, feed, so that's what y'all gonna get. With that being said, there is some parts where we did lose connection. There is parts where we didn't get to hear each other all the way. So all in all, we did get to the points, the main points. Hope that y'all enjoyed the video. Um, and yeah, y'all have a good rest of your day. Welcome, welcome back to Melanin Teen Therapy. Thank you for listening. And this is your host, uh, Taylor Richards. And yeah, we're back with another episode. And today we are talking about something that is really like something that's going to hit people in the heart. I'm going to just say that because it hit me in the heart like throughout the whole couple of weeks. So yeah, let's go ahead and get into that. And I have a very, very, very beautiful and special guest if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hello, hello. So my name is Del Conley. All right. Nice to meet. Well, not the nice to meet you, but <laughs> but everybody else, you know, it's nice to meet you, you know. But yeah, so we're talking about um, abandonment, attachment, and SES. So last night I was trying to look for, um, like, look for things to connect with SEX. But I feel as though as we're talking, it's just going to come up because sex can literally go with anything. Right. Especially if we're talking about, like, the attachment and abandonment issues. Mm -hmm. Like, it'll just naturally flow into the conversation. Yeah. So, um, did you get to see the, what's it called? Like, the screenshots that I sent in the group chat? Yes, so I actually made like a whole word document of things like really. Like, yes, I, I was, was like, like I do not want to come over here like not talking about anything with no research, no nothing. <laughs> but okay, so what did you um you want to start with abandonment first? Yeah. All right. Cool. So with the screenshot, you guys, that I thought I found these on Pinterest because I was still I was trying to find something that was you know relatable to me and. I found uh, abandonment trauma, causes of abandonment traumas, family inability due to parental disputes or separation due to divorce. Now that first one, I've been through that. Uh, when did I? When did my parents get divorced? Basically, when your parents go through divorce, you see it within your like. That's the first thing you see when it comes to abandonment issues. Are your parents divorced? No, they aren't, but my mom just recently passed away, so it's kind of a different form of abandonment, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm trying to pull up these screenshots. So, like, the way I have it on my um, Word document, I really have it, like, based off attachment styles and then, like, just kind of like incorporating the abandonment into it okay that's fine you can read from there if this if that's what you want to do okay <clears throat> so yeah so like on my um only thing i just have like the three types of attachment issues and then like where it's commonly seen in people the causes of it and then how it's presented when people behave secure anxious avoidant yes okay and disorganized but i didn't really touch on disorganized it's just a bit of both of them 
yeah oh this wind is loud okay um let's see so which one did you want to start with first uh we could start start talking about avoided attachment styles avoided attachment styles with the dismissive and the fearful yes okay dismissive downplays importance of relationships the second one is usually extremely self-reliant three is can become more vulnerable when there's a big crisis hmm which one do you relate more um definitely dismiss oh wait wait let me see Yeah, definitely dismissive. Dismissive? Yeah. Which one? One, two, or three? Um, two. Two, usually self-reliant. Yes. I feel, because I grew up the only child. Are you the only child or you have siblings? So I have three older sisters. And then I okay. have nephews. Okay, okay. So you are the baby in the family. Yes, I am the baby out of all four of us. Wow. So, yeah, we definitely do have two different stories. And, um, like, when it came to you being self-reliant, what did that come with and how did that start? So, I feel like, honestly, the self-reliant part comes from my first relationship, my first Mm -hmm. intimate relationship, not necessarily, like, my family, just because of um, how it ended and how everything played out. Mm Mm-hmm. So like it came like now I feel like I'm at the point where I'm just more in my masculine energy and I'm coming from a place of I can handle it myself, I can do it myself because it's always been thrown back in my face as far as like the last relationship. Mm. So you're saying when you were using more of your feminine energy with that person that you were with, it was being thrown in your face? Yes, correct. Okay, understandable. I've been through that as well and I understand with the masculine energy too and for some reason lately it's dawned on me that i'm tired of being so damn masculine like exactly i'm yes. so tired of doing that because girl i feel as though when you have all this masculine energy you attract certain type of people exactly i feel like you attract people that come from a place of need instead yeah. of one yeah exactly so it's like you have these people coming to you wanting and expecting certain things out of you when you've mm-hmm. already you know established this type of relationship with yourself so now it's like they're seeking this type of security exactly. and now you're stepping up to the plate and having to be more masculine than feminine mm-hmm. and I learned that from my mom because she went through a divorce so she's a single mom and she's trying to take care of her child she's you know having to be more protective more reliant more just everything you know right so I learned those properties from her and my dad he went overseas to go work and stuff so I felt like when I came when he came back to America to the states it was like okay now that I've been through all this masculine energy let's see what energy he's holding and it was more feminine it was more feminine because he has a wife he has you know he's more vulnerable now exactly so as I'm softening up to trying to understand him I, I don't know what he thought at first but I think a part of him felt like because I'm a girl that it was going to be easy 
but nah I'm very defensive too like you know what I'm saying (laughs) exactly so he did not expect all of that explosiveness out of me at the time is what I'm saying okay see I feel like we went through the same thing but kind of like a different outcome so my dad was in the military Mm -hmm. and he was deployed half of my life so as far as like the people at home it was nothing but women mm-hmm. so it was basically my mom having to step up to the plate and play both roles so when you yep. end up coming back you know that's when I was able to actually see the masculine energy around the house and him you know cooking my dad did most of the cooking mm-hmm. most of the repairments the cook you know just everything in general yeah for sure them roles I don't know I'm not saying that masculine energy is supposed to be a male and then a feminine energy is supposed to be a female because everybody holds both. And I think people don't understand that. Right. People right. De- uh, people definitely hold both. Exactly. And um, with the avoidant dismissive attachment style, um, let's see, can become more vulnerable when there's a big crisis. Um, I'm, I don't understand that one. Can become more vulnerable when there's a big crisis. I didn't understand that one because I'm like, what is considered a big crisis? Like a big, like a trauma? I feel like maybe like when it's becoming. Yeah, I feel like maybe it's like because they're being dismissive. Mm hmm. And like they downplay a lot of things when there is an actual situation where they have to actually be more emotionally aware. That's when they actually step up to the plate and be more vulnerable yeah. with their partners. Okay, that makes sense. Now it makes sense. Right. Because <laughs> they didn't really like they just said it, but you know there wasn't no breakdown towards it. Exactly. Okay, so what about the fearful avoidant attachment style? Um. What do you- Oh, y'all, let me say it first. <laughs> I'm sorry, because they don't see what I'm seeing. Oh, okay. So, um, they have a, number one, more dependent in relationships than avoidant. Two, strongly fears rejection. Three, has low self-esteem. Four, has high anxiety in relationships. Um, I feel number two. Strongly fears rejection? Yeah. Okay, I feel like... Um, I'm four. Number four has high anxiety. Yes. All right. You, you want to go first? Um. Yeah, I could go first. Like, as far as how I'm stepping into relationships right now, I definitely feel like number four has high anxiety in relationships is what I fall mm-hmm. under. Just because I feel like coming from the past experiences, knowing what to not knowing what to expect from people but knowing how people are yeah and and knowing how self-aware I am I don't want to be I don't want that taken advantage of so it's just like having to walk on eggshells as far as dating and talking to people and seeing like the red flags that show up and just Mm -hmm. all of that I feel like I'm very avoided I'd rather just you know rather be avoid all of that at all (laughs) exactly (laughs) I just rather be alone yeah I feel you I feel when it comes to like what relating to what you're saying I what I started doing is just accepting that people are going to be who they are regardless and the only thing I can do is be me just as the person can only do is be them and if they don't 
like I'm not gonna say accommodate to my needs but if you're not on the same wavelength as I am even though you attract who you are but if you're still not on that same mindset or emotional level whatever the case may be then the only thing you can do is just remove yourself exactly I like to see as just like you know you're your own individual person Mm -hmm. and I'm having the privilege of you know being a part of your life but I want you to do you and exactly how you feel and Mm -hmm. I act accordingly based off that yeah I think most people feels that when you're in a relationship y'all become one and I don't think that's how it's supposed to go because when you become one you don't really see each other's viewpoints or point of views anymore because y'all just trying to make it one right you're catering to each other Mm mm-hmm facts facts and, and then my, be, oh, sorry. Oh, here you're good <laughs> Keep going. i was gonna say when it should be like three parts to a relationship you know you your own person me my own person and then us yes for sure then we come to an agreement right um so mine was strongly fear rejection and that came from old old like when i was younger i've i'm the i wasn't saying i was the only dark-skinned female um within my school but I was one of the only dark-skinned females that was more vocal about my needs and my wants right like I don't know how to explain it but I hang I hung out with a lot of lighter tone women or okay. females at the when I was younger right because that's so, how your school was predominantly yeah basically okay. either lighter tone or white right or mixed or you know things of that nature so with that being said it was more you know how males or boys attract to lighter tone or more lighter complexion of a female versus a dark skin because dark skin women automatically have a stereotype exactly black women in general already have a stereotype so you know it was hard for me to be like dang well he doesn't well people dudes will already tell me off the bat I don't date dark-skinned women because of this that etc so then that plays a part to lowering my self-esteem number three because it was like well dang like why why aren't I being seen you know and I was so young at the time so um boy crazy was a big thing like I'm just gonna sit here and say that (laughs) boy crazy was a big thing and especially in Georgia you know so it was like I don't know once I got older I realized a lot of certain dudes are attracted to me which were lighter tone dudes mixed dudes foreign dudes okay and it would be like okay that's cool but what about mine what about what my, about my people <laughs> what about me what about mine so it made me feel some type of way and then once that rejection kept building up like when I were younger and stuff like that it would be like like I don't even know why I'm trying to even figure out if dark-skinned men are even going to be attracted to me anymore like you know so um I don't know it I wouldn't I didn't say it created a fear but it just created a block in my mind like yeah whatever I'm never going to find a dark-skinned man right because my people don't love me <laughs> exactly and it may, it's so weird because i don't know i just find that very ignorant i find it yeah. very ignorant girl and i can that's love. another discussion for another podcast because i swear real. <laughs> that is so hate and be something else mm-hmm. 
Um, but other than that, with the low self-esteem, um, that came from my past relationship too. Even though I was being told by that person at the time that you're so beautiful, you're this, you're that, but I had curves. I had a body. I'm not even sitting here gonna lie. <laughs> and I felt like everybody or every boy at the time, and I still do kind of feel like they only want me for my body. Right. You know, and it's just like I, there's more to me than just the outs, outer shell. Exactly. Exactly. It's like a butterfly. It's so right. beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you know, it went through a lot to get to this beauty. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, how does that uh, like go with attachment? It made me detach myself from people, and it made me detach myself from myself as well, because I'm still trying to figure out well, how does this how do I love myself when other people are still telling me this, that, and the other? Right. You know? Yeah, it's kind of just like trying to find that self-worth when other folks are just, you know, not giving that yeah, whatsoever. Or downplaying it. <laughs> exactly. What other points did you have on your document? So I had... I had the causes of the attachment styles and then I had the effects and like the rationales for it. So like how relationships with these attachment styles and then like where it stems from. Oh, you had cut off for a second. What was the middle part again? Oh, I said I had like um like the effects, like the causes and effects of the attachment styles and like mm-hmm. where they come from. So like the types of traumatic experiences that they went through to specifically like lead to this point. Oh, okay. Uh you wanna say one? Yeah, so um, as far as still touching on avoidance, I have um, I have that like many people use these self-protective strategies that result in like lacking empathy, empathy, commitment, trust, and avoiding confrontation. Mm. But like a lot of it shows up with, like patterns of intense, unstable relationships where they built this unstable foundation. Therefore, all the relationships they are in are like unstable yeah you're nothing but you know that that's deep that's really deep and that's that's crazy i'm reading a book that talks just like that talks about that so i really love a book it's called the five black heartbeats it's about this black couple a black family they wrote their book they wrote a love story together um it's really good they talk about how to build you know just a relationship the right way or not the right way but to make it your right way you know right so it's really good. Um, what was I going to say? So with the unstableness of a relationship, how do you think people should go about moving forward to make it stable? Um, question. If I were to scroll out of this podcast and go through my photos, would it X out? Stop no. Okay. No, good. Cause I'm doing that exactly right now. Okay, that's how I had typed it up. Cause I was like, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but let me see. Okay, so you said, how should they go about solving this these kind of problems? Yeah. Okay, so as far as like stopping the patterns of entering unstable relationships, I feel like nothing but like shadow work. Honestly, just exploring Mm. why 
all the good and bad in the past relationships why you even step into the relationship to begin with and just normalizing your own feelings and identifying identifying these triggers you know that led you to this point just being more aware of like the things that set you off in the relationship the things that aren't working in the relationship and just Mm -hmm. actually like sitting down and being real with yourself is this why why am I not happy or why I'm not why am I not being fulfilled in this relationship just actually doing that work of knowing yourself before you get to know somebody else and I feel as though you know it's kind of hard to even start that subject like like for yourself is what I'm saying because like it's like dang where do I even start (laughs) how do I start (laughs) like where who am I (laughs) right exactly who am I because when you're in a relationship especially at a young age you're just more worried about the love that's being given and that person that you're trying to satisfy and you kind of lose yourself when you're doing that because I know for sure I did I lost myself so when me and that person broke up it was like okay well what do I do now how do I go right. about moving on about my day? What is next for me? Da 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 da. Because we planned our life together. I didn't really plan my life, so it was like, what's going on? Right. And did you get the um inner child screenshot? Yes. Okay. Because I felt like that was connected to the shadow work. You know, the thing that right. you mentioned. Do you do inner child work as well? I do. I um. Yeah, I've just, I wouldn't say recently, but I have definitely been getting more consistent in doing shadow work and actually journaling it. Mm-hmm. And then it's gotten to the point where I, I got a therapist to, you know, you know, just get that outside perspective as far as like the work I am putting it in. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. I, I was in the process of looking for a therapist and then a part of me was like, well, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to you know right and that's exactly how it was because like it got to the point where it was like okay I dropped the bomb on everything basically yeah my first first session and then the next session I came in and I was like okay I don't even know what to tell you because it's like Mm -hmm. I just told you my whole life story and I was like he was just like you know you don't have to come in here with a goal at all you know you just came here to talk and just express because naturally it just flows out once you get into it yeah but yeah. for me i'm like okay i gotta come in here talk about this right this. we have a structure <laughs> we have a plan <laughs> i feel you i feel you i feel like it's different for me uh i grew up my own therapist like, right. like i said before I, I was the only child so i didn't have people or family like my friends and eh, to an extent because i always felt like me like telling people too much information they can hold it against you exactly so I always kept a journal and expressed about my day and did that like that was just a daily thing for me so I would feel like I don't know a therapist would help like like you said seeing it from their perspective because I can be biased right you know Um, right for me it was just like um I like to intellectualize my feelings a lot mm. and kind of so for me he was that person to be like okay it's okay for you to feel this way it's normal for you to feel this way it's you yeah. know I just needed that kind of that's support right that support is very important especially growing up as the baby right yeah, everybody got their own life exactly mm-hmm. so with the inner child wounds uh screenshot um I'm trying to figure out 
what really got me the most. I'm going to say feeling left out, fears being mm-hmm. left, uh, hates being alone, codependent, threatens to leave, normally attracts emotionally unavailable people. Hello. Yes. We love, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the um, one. Yes, the, that was really the, the last one is the number one attracting unavailable people because um, I think after a while as I got older I stopped journaling so I didn't know like all I knew was to feel was anger sadness and like annoyance like being annoyed Mm -hmm. and I didn't even know what feeling happy was like I knew what feeling happy at that moment was but like long happiness yeah. And elongating it, that was like a, that was nothing to me. I didn't know what that was. Right. So as I got older, I felt as though I attracted plenty of people like that. And it and it makes me feel some type of way because it's like, dang, that's how that's what I am. Right. <laughs> that's Look, what it is. You're me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> For real. So how what did what did you change within yourself to um, attract emotionally available people? Or are you still learning how to do that? I feel like um, I'm still, of course, learning, but I have reached the point to where it's like I'm developing this stable relationship within myself mm-hmm. to where it's like, okay, I'm not going to accept this kind of behavior for anybody. You know, yeah. I'm not going to enter these shallow relationships and pick unavailable partners. But really, it's just, again, that personal work towards myself like having that relationship with myself and building up my own self-esteem to the point where I don't need that kind of validation from anybody exactly you know I'm I'm having more because for me I feel like my problem was I had a fear of emotional intimacy I felt like you know of course what you said that my vulnerability would be used against me mm-hmm. in the relationship so it was just like being more secure with myself so I could be secure with somebody else yeah for sure um my advice to other people is like like you said learning who you are and like sometimes when you're going through things feel what you're feeling because emotions we you know as we're growing up especially in black families we're always told what not to feel or what we're feeling is wrong and I've been through that especially my feelings were invalidated all the time so I kept quiet I didn't say anything about how I felt or nobody really asked for my opinion about how I felt about this or what it made me go through things like that then one of the biggest things that I had to do I had to put on my put on my big girl panties for my mom when she went through her divorce because she didn't have anybody and I was how old was I at that time I was probably like five or six I'm over here comforting my mom (laughs) <laughs> like right. you know that was a big responsibility and I've always felt like it was for the good and the bad because now I'm always helping others helping others but then there's myself and I'm stuck you know feeling yeah. like nothing else or nobody was able to accommodate to my feelings exactly mm-hmm. and you know like I said we attract who we are so moving forward I'm definitely learning to especially learn emotional intelligence right yeah so what about feelings or just feels of being left out feelings of oh 
definitely definitely that one I feel like as far as my last relationship my love language is quality time and acts of services so moments where my boyfriend would my ex would you know do things that he loved and exclude me I felt like it's like dang a stab to the heart it's like okay you don't want me involved at all like you know I love to be here I love to Mm -hmm. be present and just feeling left out in the relationship in general I just felt like you know that's where that codependency came from Mm. because now I'm speaking you know usually I would come to him about you know everything you know emotional needs and all that and then when times when he's not when he's focused on himself I felt like oh I'm, I'm triggered now like I'm in flight or fight mode he's about to leave like it was just always a instinct that you know he was gonna leave yeah and I was gonna be left out and have to you know and for yourself right Mm -hmm. I felt that I felt that wholeheartedly mine was when being in friend groups I don't know I always felt like the outcast of just being in the dark but I don't know. Maybe I feel like I put myself in that position too, because like I said, I don't. I didn't really tell people my business. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out that one too. Cause see, and I feel like I'm going through like as far as yeah, I feel like that's the problem I'm going through right now. As far as like I mm-hmm. self sabotage by not being vulnerable with my friends. Yeah. Or being left out. See, that's what it is. It's self sabotage. <laughs> exactly. Self sabotage. Definitely that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I grew up uh, like with a darker complexion, and it started from there. To be honest, either with darker complexion or I'm like the smartest out of my group. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it's like not to say that they were dumb, but I had more intellect than others. Right. Um. So, yeah. And then they will make fun of me because I'm smart. Well, guess what? Girl. <laughs> Look here. <Open> right. <laughs> read a book or something. Exactly. I, I read for fun. I don't know. Literally. <laughs> um, uh, what else was I going to say? Okay, so now we're getting into trust. Okay. It says, trust the trust wound. Is afraid to be hurt. Doesn't trust themselves. Finds ways to not trust people feels insecure and needs lots of external validation doesn't feel safe normally attracts people who don't feel safe Mm. Mm. I'm more related to the mm, feels insecure and needs a lot of external validation I don't know exactly where that came from with me yet but I know that one hit harder because I value other people's opinions because I help people a lot. Right. And then there's the, of course, being afraid to be hurt. Yeah. Because who wants to be hurt, you know? You ever heard that saying, hurt people hurt people? And look, I was just finna say that. I've been (laughs) saying it for the past two weeks, telling my friends, look, you can't expect yourself and other people. Mm Mm-hmm. Cause they not you. They not you. They, they not, not you. The exactly. So when someone hurts you, like say if someone were to hurt you now, like what is your go-to? Like how do you go about doing it? So I feel like I've kind of reached the level of consciousness where I look at the situation as just something that's happening and not necessarily happening to me. Mm-hmm. So you know I don't like to. I like. I feel like I 
I struggle between, you know, my lower self and my higher self where I'm at a point I'm just like, you know, I want to react instinctually. But then there's part of me that's just like, you know, don't internalize this and don't take it personal. Yes. Because exactly. people are going to do what they want to do regardless. Mm-hmm. So, I had yeah, to I think just that. Oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. Oh, no, you're fine. I was just going to say it was just like that, that level of awareness for myself. You know, people are going to do what they want to. Yeah. I had to deal with that type of situation myself not too long ago where it was like, I like, I'm telling my friends what's happening and they're like, why aren't you mad? Like, why aren't you da 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 da? And I'm like, because for what? Like, for what? I don't know what you want me to do. Like, (laughs) the only thing I can do is take it in and not take it all the way into where it hurts me, but take it in enough to be like, okay, well, what can I learn from this? And looking at it from all sides of the cube and not just for for what it is you know yeah observe not absorb exactly um so it's still a learning process because i know recently i had blocked somebody (laughs) i had blocked somebody because i was mad at them Mm -hmm. and my my reason for that was i didn't want i knew i was going to emotionally latch latch out on you and i didn't want you to do that yeah i don't even want to exert all that unnecessary energy towards this exactly and but it turned around to well you know you're blocking yourself off from this person yeah you know i mean if you want to move forward like this is with any kind of relationship with a family member with a friendship relationship whatever if you ever want to move forward with somebody you have to express how you feel right simple you have to believe that your feelings are validated even if when you're in the back of your head thinking this this is not even important Exactly. Mm-hmm. What other notes did you have on your document? I was going to say, I feel like that leads to, like, the anxious attachment style the that anxious. we see. Okay. Yeah, like, as far as um, having to be more expressive to people, I feel like that kind of leads to, you know, being anxious. That Well, that anxious style. Because I know for me, at least, um, I'm very hypervigilant and I overanalyze things lot and I feel like that's just kind of just because I grew up in a chaotic environment mm-hmm. to like you know where I pick up on non-verbal cues and I overgeneralize things to the point where it's like uh I don't know if he's doing this but I'm gonna take it as this you know I'm just yeah I'm always, I'm always just like on edge I feel like sometimes when it comes to people I talk to my intimate partners got you got you so you feel as though like when you're not asking somebody like when you you're already convincing yourself like this is what it is yeah yeah I feel like that's kind of like what I struggled with I would take like their tone or just nonverbal behaviors and like think that something bad's going to happen just because Mm -hmm. that's what I picked up off of like in my past relationships you know Mm -hmm. like he would um there would be certain situations where he would just like completely stop talking to me mid-conversation during like a a disagreement and he'll just like turn the music up and just like avoid me at all costs you know just literally invalidate everything and just mm-hmm. completely shut down so like for me it, I would pick up on those and then it got to the point where it's like I'm kind of used to it so when somebody else does it I kind of assume it's the same way oh, okay, or then okay. reacting the same way got you I got you we as a as women like you know we're very intuitive Right. So it's like we always contradicting ourselves like okay is it is it what he's telling me or is it what I'm feeling is right. Right. You know so it's like 
I don't know. That's that's kind of difficult. But I'm not saying it's not possible. It's just very difficult to distinguish moving forward, especially with the generation we fucking live in. Yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Like the inconsistency. Yes, the inconsistency. The just them not knowing how what emotions are. Period. You know. Right. And because it's like they don't even know how they feel for real so how you how do you expect me to know how you feel exactly exactly so when they don't know how they feel i'm not saying they i don't know do you think a man is automatically supposed to know how they feel right off the bat just like we do no i don't i don't expect emotional intelligence honestly from and i'm not you know i'm not saying that to (laughs) talk down guys whatsoever but i just feel like that's that's how the generation is that's how we've been brought up you know guys are going to be guys I feel like I've had this conversation with a friend recently where I feel like guys because we've been taught that guys will be guys they don't we don't expect that emotional intelligence from them off the bat we just kind of accept it and then have to teach them as we go you know that this is not okay you got to be more open to me and be more vulnerable if we're going to be in this relationship I feel like all of that is just you know kind of self-taught if it's not being taught that is true that is true i ain't gonna lie i met some kind of dudes that was i'm not gonna say overly emotional um Mm -hmm. but i've met dudes that was really in tune with their emotions and then they would contradict themselves because they don't know if that emotion is correct or not right so i was like okay so we're going through the same thing like how is this gonna work (laughs) 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 right how are we gonna come to an agreement here of what's technically quote-unquote correct Mm-hmm. Or what? How we're gonna um, move on from this quote-unquote situation, or whatever the case may be? Right. Um, I don't know. The generation with men right now, like, it's a tit for tat. Like, I'm not saying there's com- like no good men out there. Cause that's that's just not it. Yeah. It's just men in their twenties. They yeah. just have a lot to go through and a lot to learn. Yes, because I feel like at that point, they're, like, reteaching themselves or having to reteach themselves or Mm -hmm. they're stepping into relationships where, you know, these girls are already emotionally available and they aren't, so, but they want them, so it's just like, okay, what are we going to do? Exactly. How are we going to move on from this? Mm -hmm. Because I don't know. I'm not saying that they don't want to grow. They want to grow. Some do. Some do want to grow. Yeah. But then there's a lot of little boys and grown men bodies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> man boys. Exactly. Exactly. My mom say they don't they um they don't get wiser, they just get older. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. She look, she hit that on the nail. Oh my gosh. I was like, well dang, you know, what are we gonna do? <laughs> what can we do? Exactly. What can we do? Um so we'll be talking about the attachment anxious, right? Anxious style. Yes. Um, tends to act out when triggered. Okay, I relate to that one a lot because I knew that when I would be angry at somebody or I'm going to just say my parents. When I would be angry at my parents or my dad or my mom, I felt like they would only hear me when I'm acting out. Because mm-hmm. like I said before, um, my feelings were invalidated. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of sad saying it now, but 
like why did I have to come out my body at such a young age and then y'all throw it back at me or you got an attitude or you're angry for da 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 and I'm like well that's the only reason y'all listening to me exactly because when I'm talking in a monotone voice it's you still don't care right and I'm like okay well I can't win I don't know what else y'all want me to say I'm just telling you like for example you ever told your parents okay and they're like, oh, you got an attitude. You got an attitude, yes. <laughs> like, dang, what do you want me to say? Right, don't you don't want me to talk back. <laughs> exactly. So um, I'm still learning how, I guess it's more of a working with how to, like I said, emotionally intelligence. Do you relate to that as well? Yeah. Hey, hold on. Um, mm-hmm. Are you still on the inner child wound screenshot? Oh, no, I'm on an attachment anxious an anxious attachment I might as well yeah I'm, I'm probably gonna post these yeah just so they can reference mm-hmm. okay. but yeah I feel like I agree I definitely agree because I feel like you know with my mom being like the primary caregiver growing up she could only handle so many she was raising four daughters all at once while still working mm-hmm. you know so I feel like I reacted in the same way as you did in time the opposite I feel like because I didn't have you know both parents growing up for real mm-hmm. it was more of like I was invalidating my own feelings so it would be to the point where I would, was basically taking care of myself and having to you know figure out my own emotional problems like why do I feel this way yeah like early on I kind of was just you know always in my head always internalizing everything and I feel like that's why I do you know um intellectualize my feelings now Thanks. because it's, I'm always in my head I was always in my head having to deal with my own problems yeah just having to figure it out just in general figuring right. out whoa is this even is this emotion even correct the way like right you know but I had to learn yeah I had to learn like what your therapist said like it's right to feel whatever you're feeling regardless yeah Um, there's no such thing as a social norm to feel happy happy when this thing happens or mad when this thing happens especially what in the like I said the generation that we're going through or going um, that we're in right now there's so much shit going on exactly like turn around there's somebody a mass shooting over here there's protests over there there's shit everywhere you know so right. it's like dang when can we emotionally get a break right and i feel like at that with that being said i feel like we're just also desensitized we see it on tiktok we see it on mm-hmm. instagram so it's just like when we see it it's like having to just close off my energy and just be like I, I can't even I, don't I can't even day. exactly exactly um I definitely recommend to the audience that's listening when you wake up do not get on your phone like the first thing is you do is breathe because I don't breathe. think other people realize that we breathe wrong yeah breathing from your chest is wrong breathing Girl. from your diaphragm it feels so much better I mean, and I'm, say that. it's so crazy you mentioned that because tmi but um i've recently been having heart problems for some reason like i uh you know 
never had heart problems running in the family whatsoever but then it got to a point where it's like I guess I was breathing so shallow that now my heart rate is beating at an abnormally like low pace so like and it was so funny because I was talking to one of my friends and like I was explaining a situation where you know you know a lot of stuff happened you know that made me feel some type of way and she was like you need to breathe like she was like breathe because I I was like I didn't even notice I was doing it but I was holding my breath in and it was just, yeah we yeah. hold our breath for so long right mm-hmm. wow yeah I remember yeah. looking at a YouTube video and it was like you know we react with fight or flight right and as reacting with um, fighting, fighting or flighting, you breathe differently. And when you breathe in from your like from your chest, like I'm not saying you're not supposed to breathe from your lungs because air and oxygen, you know, circulates through your body with going through your lungs and stuff. But when you're just breathing, like you said, you can call have heart problems. You can have um, high, high, hella high anxiety from just breathing from your chest and I noticed when I started to breathe from my diaphragm more often that my anxiety went lowered it didn't go away but it just lowered it lowered and I feel more alive if that makes sense like you know feel more alive I feel like there's more to life than just what feels wrong Mm -hmm. so yeah that 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 oof get get me chills i'm outside and i got chills (laughs) look i'm over here like sweating i'm like dang like okay yeah it makes sense yes so um yeah that's just a note right there breathe from y'all diaphragm y'all it makes a difference right um that helps with anxiety but um do you believe you have sensitive nerve a sensitive nervous system yeah i feel like I feel like I identify as an empath. I feel like I mm-hmm. have the world on my shoulders right now. Like I've just literally taken everything. That's why I live, I observe, don't absorb. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like the body really does keep the score. And you just, your emotional thoughts just manifest into something physical. And I feel like that's what, you know, that's kind of what I'm going through right now as far as my heart. I feel like all this stress and all this problems and having to deal with things myself just really manifest it into something physical to the point where you know it's affecting me yeah same 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 um the best like yeah having the world on our shoulders i don't know how to help with that but just other than breathing yeah what is something else that you try to do to help release stress so i uh i just now recently get got back into doing yoga i did do it like consistently for a good time last summer Mm -hmm. over you know the past few months but you know going outside being outside in general has really helped me just getting yeah getting some sunlight Mm -hmm. that'll do it it so will it It will that's why i took the time to sit outside and have this conversation because you know nature is beautiful we got to take more of that in yeah being inside all day makes you feel like you're suffocating yourself exactly because mm-hmm. uh, the shit everything holds energy but when you're around thing living things on a regular like being outside for example when you're around that i don't know it just gives off a higher vibration versus in your room around hella electronics and four damn walls 
<laughs> and with the energy that you know the ne- the negative energy that you're holding within yourself so right yeah going outside is definitely a good thing and yoga yeah for sure stretching stretching in stretching general in general yes mm-hmm. opening your hips I've, I've learned recently there's a bunch of like opening your hips release a bunch of traumatic um feelings apparently they um really yeah like it's some type of I don't know the science behind it but you know doing a bunch of um hip opening exercises and just like stretches is supposed to release a bunch of anxiety and stress so I've definitely been getting into that and there's types of stretches that will actually make you cry because you're releasing releasing all that emotional baggage I know that's I know it's gonna sound weird that I'm saying this but send me those poses (laughs) yeah look I got you I got you like I said I'm, I'm still learning how to be emotionally available to myself right so um I think I've um yesterday I was finna cry but I couldn't like I've learned so I've learned how to not cry mm-hmm. and that sounds so bad but it's You're true playing. I've held my tears in for so long exactly um so yeah sensitive nervous system I know I have a sensitive nervous system because when someone raises their voice at me I'm triggered like like right. triggered yes my I feel like oop yep go ahead cry because why are you yelling at me <laughs> why are you <laughs> right why are you yelling at me exactly what did I do for real I had to tell my parents like every time they yell at me I just ask why are you yelling please <laughs> look and then that goes right back to don't have attitude don't have right <laughs> I'm yelling because I'm frustrated. Okay, well, if you're frustrated, you just need to take a step back or something. Like, as I got older, you know, my dad always told me, okay, use your voice, you know, talk, talk it out, say what you got to say. And every time I'm talking and say what I got to say, y'all don't like what I got to say. And it's like, well, you told me to say what I got to say. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what you want me to do at this point. Exactly. I don't know. I'm doing what y'all telling me to do you know mm-hmm. but um also like with having a sensitive nervous system it can like like i said not only trigger you but it can manifest into physical things because our nervous system is what helps us identify our senses and brain triggers and etc cetera, etc cetera. right our mind is a very powerful thing mm-hmm. very very powerful you can literally think anything and believe it Exactly. Look, manifestation, that's that's another thing. Mm-hmm. You think it and you live by it. It's For sure. Happen. So if you're thinking all this traumatic and if you're going through all these things and just internalizing and keeping in, it's bound to, you know, become physical. Yep. And affect you physically. For sure. Especially with thinking, um, uh, for example within the book she was like well the the wife was like if you're always thinking niggas ain't shit then that's what it's gonna be and you'll never find nobody well I used to say that all the time in middle school now look at me struggling struggling for real if you think it then believe you're gonna believe it enough and then you'll never find nobody and then what now you're blaming other people for you know not you going through your healing and shit like right. that something you created yourself Mm-hmm. Something you attracted yourself. Yes. Because taking accountability is the first step to healing. Very much so. Very much and so. it's, ooh, that is so hard. It's so hard to do. Because you're like, dang, I don't want to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be wrong for this or 
I don't want to be right for feeling like this person's doing this to me and da 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 da. But I don't right. like accountability is the first step. I think that's what can help with shadow work is taking accountability and actually telling the truth to yourself that okay, this is what I went through, this is what I felt at the time, and now yeah. I'm letting it go. Yeah, I feel like that's like um because I've been reading a, a book that's called The Untethered Soul. I'm not sure if you're um, familiar with that. But they do talk about, you know, just being present and, you know, being accountable with yourself, um, being real with yourself and mm-hmm. taking the seat of the witness of your own reality and like just um, knowing that what your your thoughts aren't you. They're not. Yeah. You at all. They're just your perception and how you take in the world. Mm, exactly. That's uh, it's kind of like the book that I read, uh, The Power of the Now. Yes, the yes. yes. That's such a good book. Girl, yes. it's so crazy how I found it because that book is mad expensive and it's like one of the famous books in the world mm-hmm. and I found it at Goodwill for two dollars meant to be you meant, meant to be, be. <laughs> <laughs> I said ain't that something and I found it um, going like going through a traumatic breakup too so I was like ain't mm-hmm. that something yep for sure and I was just looking for books just books to read because I was like, I needed to do something else to get my mind off of, you know, what I was going through at the time. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to tell you this. It is going to end at the 60-minute mark. So we okay. can break it off right now and start a part two of the segment. Because um, okay. I feel as though we only touched half or a third of what we're really, really talking about right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Um, I'm going to end it off right here. And um, I'm gonna send you another link, and then. <clears throat> so welcome, welcome back. We're back with another part two. The first one got mad juicy, so we are gonna <laughs> <laughs> dig a little deeper, even more with this part two. Just still talking about abandonment, attachment, and um, sex. So yeah, let's go ahead and. Start. I don't know what we were talking about before. Um, look, my memory is so bad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we could just start from somewhere else. You got your computer still on you? Yeah. All right. So I guess we could start talking about like incorporating the attachment styles to um sex. Yeah. 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 For sure. Whoo. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're good. So, let's see. First of all, let me ask you this. Um. What do you think sex is? Ooh. Sex. I feel like sex is an energy, a process of energy transfer. I feel like regardless of whether, like, what status it is, like, mm-hmm. whether it was a casual, like, it's just a process of energy transfer. Yes. Yes, very much so. And the reason why I put it as um, S-E-X, because it's a sacred energy exchange. That's what sex okay. means. Or that's what I've learned. Right. That sex was um, the meaning of it. So I was like, interesting. So that explains why da 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 da. And I just kept going down the list. Girl, the things that I realized, like, this happened in my life. Like, I have this one crazy ass story mm-hmm. involving having sex with this person. And. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Look, because I'm already knowing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it was a lot of chaotic shit in my life that happened right after having sex with this person 
and it made me realize well this motherfucker that I had sex with had a chaotic ass life too Mm. so it wasn't even mm, it wasn't even me that oh you just have a crazy ass lifestyle because I was like where the hell did all this shit come from you know and then I realized like two years ago even though I had sex with this motherfucker four years ago that (laughs) the repercussions of it all (laughs) exactly literally I was like damn that's how strong this shit is Mm -hmm. like ooh. so how are we gonna I'm still trying to figure out how to um talk about sex with attachment so what did you make some connections with so um as far as like that I guess just like why people like the type like people having like the different types of attachments and like why they end up having sex with partners that you know aren't emotionally available or just like their reasoning behind it like just yeah okay okay um you personally went through that yeah with my ex I feel like exactly what you said trauma bonding and just Mm -hmm. having to realizing that you know I'm feeling exactly yes I'm going I have all these emotional baggage that I didn't even know I had myself like pop up just feeling down for no explain it yeah exactly and I noticed with males it comes with that or not comes with that but they go through that a lot having a lot of downs and not knowing how to explain it because they're not emotionally available to themselves right so I definitely feel that wholeheartedly um what was I finna say with attachment now in this generation it's like a big thing to be attached to a body part if you know what I'm saying right females at least like I don't get why it's so like why is it such a good thing or a funny thing at that to be so attached to a body part yeah and now it's just like I don't know I'm just growing out of that phase where like a lot of this shit that we talk about is just ignorant as hell cause why why does that matter (laughs) why does that matter that a man's body part is has you on a a chokehold child and honestly that I feel like that just stems from having sex to begin with I even stepped into that relationship to begin with because I feel like you know on a physical level they're just seeking some type of validation or some type of fulfillment in in sex yeah exactly or they're using um, sex trying to like fill that void of, right they're using it as like some type of tool or something make like mm-hmm. yeah. and um, with the book that I'm reading it was saying that a lot of people don't realize that the relationships are only based on sex because they didn't have conversations or build a foundation first right and when you're lacking foundation then there's no boundaries and then when there's no boundaries there's no morals and then it's like it trickles down to like you know it breaks it down to basically exactly there we go See, there we go. We are on the same way. <laughs> so, you can see me right now. I'm doing that. We see each other. We see it. We see. We see. <laughs> so when there's like lack of communication between you and your partner, then sex, like you don't even have to have communication for sex to be good. But it's like, why even put yourselves in that position 
to exchange energies with others that you don't even know who they are. Like you don't know what they about, what they think, what they feel, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et and right. um, I noticed with our generation, like they just lack that. They just lack the communication, lacking the the morals, the boundaries, all of that and above because sex is so popular. Right. Just the fuck, just the fuck, and it's like, dang. What happened to respect? <laughs> right. What happened to honesty and loyalty and et cetera, et cetera? And you're only going to find with so many people, especially males, that value that too. Mm-hmm. Because I noticed males just fuck just the fuck too. Females just fuck just the fuck. A lot of women don't speak on it, but a lot of females just fuck just the fuck too. Right. So yeah, what other things did you want to talk about with sex and attachment or sex with abandonment? Sex with abandonment. Um, let me see. Okay. So like as far as like yeah, um, let me see. Yeah, I feel like just stepping into sex, I mean, engage leads to abandonment if you're coming in coming into it for the wrong reasons uh-huh. so like for example having an anxious most people use it for use sex for approval or Ooh. um you know just seeking that type of validation through using that physical that that right there hit a little hard Right. So, like, with that being said, that's like, so it's like, I feel a double intentions as far as like the anxious attachment style. So, it's like because they're using sex for approval mm-hmm. and their partner not actually knowing the that reasoning, it just leads to that mistrust and that abandonment because, like, they had second intentions as far as yep. getting more out of it from sex. They were trying to get more. And they're becoming like more emotional, liable on that. They're relying yep. on that. And then you, they don't realize as the relationship builds that sex is a important asset. Right. Like when it comes to having an argument, oh, okay, let's have sex to break up instead of having communication. Right. You know, things like that. And that's what I've been through too with my past relationship that sex became so important in our relationship that we lost sight of who we were right you know and i was like i was always asking him like yo like why are we always having sex like dang can we just chill out right can we just relax (laughs) right can we just relax like i understand sex is good sex is great but you know sometimes it can be used as a disadvantage Right. And like just from speaking from a personal experience, I feel like that's what I've recently been having to deal with as far as um, we had, I felt like we had personally built that relationship on sex. Mm-hmm. And me being the person I am and holding sex to a higher standard, I felt like I kind of unconsciously seek certain things. So with sex, so like when sex more often than times that we would communicate, like when we would spend more. Been having sex, I mm-hmm. feel like he was using me when really I was charging and like using sex as like you know different. I had I held it 
or I was expecting more because I was using sex for a different reason. Yeah, I understand exactly what you're talking about. That right. I don't think a lot of females understand that either, because I'm still right. in the process of thinking on, you know, being on that same mentality as you when it comes to that, because I would always think, oh, dang, he is using me, but it takes two, you know, it takes two right. to have sex. It doesn't just you doing it on yourself. Exactly. So I feel that. Um, when it comes to the abandonment trauma, um, some people, uh, this is just coming from what somebody's told me, like having sex with somebody because they didn't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. Or they know that that person, or they knew that if they had sex with that person, that they would bring them type of close, closer to an extent. Right. And like, well... Like, how do you move on from that? Or how do you even break that? Right, because I feel like at that point, you're just adding more fuel to the fire because you're mm-hmm. sex as that type of intimacy. Only the only the intimacy that y'all have. Right. So it's nothing, it's driven by nothing but ego and manipulation at that point because you're trying to get something out of it. And control, kind of. Control control but it's just more likely to have more casual sex just because you're um yeah <laughs> <laughs> I understand what you're trying to gather my words I'm sitting here like dang <laughs> I understand what you're saying though like we're just abusing the power of sex basically right because pa- sex is very powerful <laughs> exactly you're just codependent at that point mm-hmm. codependent on another person's void even when they, they don't even know. Well, I'm not saying they don't even know, but sometimes when we believe that having sex is just always the answer to make things better or to be like, or for an example, a prime example, um, having sex with this person to get this person back in your life. You like for, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, oh, yeah, yeah type shit. Oh my God, it's a black cat. Oh. <laughs> You're not too come up when I'm talking about sex. Like, <laughs> what you trying to say, universe? Right. But yeah. Um. So things like that. I think it's time to stop. It's time to be stopped. I know for now, like once I realize that sex is higher, like has a higher energy and a higher meaning, like I'm not just gonna do it with anybody. Right. You know, we have to build something in order for me to move forward with that with you. Because I, when I was younger, I abused it like hell. Yeah. And it got thrown back in my face. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel like same, <laughs> same boat. Mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of used sex in my past relationship as like, and it prevent like that abandonment and that rejection therefore like I wasn't really being fulfilled at all and now yep. I kind of look at sex as like this bad thing sometimes and I feel like I kind of use it to self-sabotage honestly I wasn't being real and my intentions originally with using sex has kind of messed it up for me now in the future like looking at it as bad like oh if I have sex with you I know it's going to be bad from here type thing just necessarily that but just like if I know I'm not being conscious because you know 
when you in the heat of the moment, you in the heat of the moment. So mm. like just coming from that of need and knowing that that's not really what I want. I feel like I got you. Like more, having more self control, right? Just being more you. conscious of what I'm doing. Got you. I got you. Yeah, girl. Them urges. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> them urges be. Um, mm, I don't even know how to say it, but I get exactly what you're talking about when you don't want it. Hello? Hello? Your mic hat went out. Oh, dang. So, you didn't hear anything I just said? Uh, uh-uh, it cut off after um, when you want it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Basically, what I was saying was, um, when you're having sex with somebody, when you when you don't want to have sex with somebody, like and a part of you don't want to have sex because of what you just said, and then yes. another part is you is fighting because you want to fulfill that urge, and right. then for some ha- for some reason you're fulfilling that urge, either to people please or because you're self sabotaging. Right. I feel like it's just like a the main thing is just having to decipher of do I really want to have sex or seek for something else mm-hmm. exactly um let's see i'm trying to think do you think sex uh like has a what's it called i don't know what word to use but i'm looking at the inner child wounds mm-hmm. and i'm looking at the neglect one okay i'm gonna send a link in the group chat of this um article i've been looking at and okay. it talks about the attachment styles and sex and how like they influence it. how they influence okay cool but um let me see do you think sex represses emotions represses emotions like repress like pushes down oh yeah i definitely feel like that especially if you're like coming from what you really need mm. like to seek it in that physical process true true we gotta definitely figure out what we need and what we want i mean i asked my mom this i was telling her i was like mom i'm a 40 year old in a 20 year old body like (laughs) (laughs) like yes i'm an old lady and i'm i'm not saying like settling down is my biggest is my biggest thing that i really want to do i just know that i don't want to i don't want to waste my time with you like i just don't want to waste time right that's how i feel um but then i had to learn also like you can you say i'm saying this is what i need and this is what i want now but 10 years from now it's going to change another 10 years from now it's going to change right because i'm we're just always changing my viewpoint is always changing mm-hmm. i might not feel the same way <laughs> exactly exactly but like to touch back on what we was talking about, I feel like um, when we was talking about um, seeking other things through sex, I feel like we should talk about uh, "We Cry Together." The Kendrick, um, is that on the new album? Kendrick oh, girl! <laughs> like that is like a prime example as mm-hmm. far as you know, using sex. Because um, if you listen to the song throughout, you know, whatever they're sitting here. And yeah, that the whole thing. Right, and then at the end, she's talking about fucking her or whatever. Yep. So I just feel like that's that's. Mm-hmm. It's always, 
um like the whole thing was in the beginning y'all had this big ass disagreement and y'all were not seeing eye to eye but in order to make up y'all have sex right y'all and then y'all act like nothing happened y'all suppressed y'all emotions right repressed y'all emotions exactly some type of attention or that physical intimacy and y'all wasn't getting it while Mm -hmm. still mad at each other they'll probably still is mad at it exactly and now y'all just fucking out of anger right and now when y'all fucking out of anger then that that energy is anger now y'all building more anger within the relationship not really solving anything Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did a reading yesterday with this girl she had told me um she was like well my ex uh, me and my ex are talking again and I just want to know if I'm doing the right thing and I was just like I, I was like before I move forward with this anything that I'm finna tell you right now you have like that's your decision right so you cannot come back to me and tell me well I made this decision but you told me this and da 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 right cause exactly exactly take whatever resonates and you know move accordingly because you decided to talk to your ex again exactly. I didn't say go ahead and talk to your ex again yeah so and, and it made me think like either if y'all gonna move forward especially if you're asking me that means y'all went through something very traumatic or very big right. for you to come to me and it made me think of attachment like okay you have this energetic cord with this person y'all either gonna cut it off or make it stronger right mm-hmm. so um it made me think about that too because i was like dang like i don't know these readings the people the type of people i meet when i'm doing these readings is like dang Right, and it really just puts everything into perspective because it's like, oh, I do this too, shoot. Right, exactly. I'm doing, I'm still learning as well. Yeah. Still learning. Um, Is there anything else you wanted to speak on? Um, I can't think. But I'm like, okay, I'm glad I'm doing this podcast with you because I swear, my <laughs> over the place. And my little outline not helping <laughs> <laughs> right sometimes that's why I was like I'm gonna just find some screenshots and go from there because I usually just talk from the dome right I'm just like scanning through these little quick pictures trying to see mm-hmm. mm, guilt we never hit the guilt guilt part yeah okay he doesn't like to ask for things Cause that would be that would be a part of um, that anxious attachment. Yep, feeling like I'm asking for too much or not asking enough or not. See, look, and that just like touches back on using sex for approval. Mm-hmm. Within like that attachment, um, that anxious attachment, I feel like you're just. Dang. See, look, it was just there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Like, throwing it back in your face. I know, for instance, I went through, like, um, like, a prime example that I went through personal experiences, like, with guilt tripping, guilt to manipulate somebody and not having sex with that person. A lot of women go through that shit. Yeah. Like, oh, you didn't have sex with me, so da-da-da-da, that makes you this. And, you know, just talking mad shit about the female. Right. Or the woman. 
and it's like that shit how could you stoop so low exactly <laughs> why would you stoop so low to tell somebody they're not worthy enough or they not this like who are you to judge anybody because they didn't give you their their parts their energy exactly and i feel like with that being said like that falling under the anxious that that develops that anxious attachment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i feel like that's why in most relationships are fulfilled sexually and emotionally because at that point you know most men do use sex against us sometimes yeah like do feel insecure or we don't feel worthy enough to um have that kind of love so when Mm -hmm. another relationship where that is being offered we feel like we're not worthy of it at all because exactly girl yes because i've been through that a lot feeling like i'm not worthy enough to be with this person because of all the good things that they're doing for me and i end up pushing them away exactly i feel like that's what i've been um struggling to get through recently Mm -hmm. it's like being more deserving of this kind of love even though i didn't receive it in my past relationships right knowing that we're worthy of the best of the best right no matter what because we deserve it if we feel like we but my brother was telling me this yesterday he was like you feel like that person deserves the love that you're giving to them so how come you don't feel that way about yourself right and i said dang <laughs> I said, why are you over here spitting facts? You shit. <laughs> over here spitting facts. Um, normally it says, okay, so it says it's afraid to set boundaries. Yeah, that was me for a long time because I didn't know what boundaries were. Right. Um, and the first thing I started to do when setting boundaries is actually figuring out what I don't like. What I don't need what I don't want in my field especially when creating a whole new um life around me mm-hmm. um with the whole journey the new journey that I'm on you know in a new chapter etc cetera, etc cetera. right and placing those boundaries on myself first and then implementing them within the relationships whether it's a friendship a family da 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 and if they don't account to them or if they don't uh, what's what do I want to say? Like, if they cross those boundaries, right? I have to learn how to let people go. Yeah, people second chances. Yes, that's my. Mm-hmm. I feel like I give so much unconditional love to the point where I'm just my own boundaries and just overstepping them. Yep. <laughs> yep. And do you think that's with abandonment, attachment, or both? I feel like it really plays. I feel like kind of like in the state of mind that I am now is kind of the attachment. I feel like because I kind of put, I look at the potential in people. Mm. It's kind of like, okay, I could just, you know, make an exception for what he just did. You know, he, he yeah. was my boundary. So, you know, maybe address it and then go again to the point where it's like, I'm unconditionally giving this power over them. Like, mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's, I mean, you know, they only human. I understand that, but it's your boundary. Right. It's your boundary. You said you don't like this, so why are you giving this person a second chance? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel like it plays with both, with abandonment, because, again, I don't want to be left alone, because I value your time. I value your quality time at that. Yeah. And then with attachment, um, 
alone again with that and the neglect mm-hmm, and stuff like that dang it got me thinking right I'm over here rethinking my whole life <laughs> for real <laughs> like, <am I> right? <laughs> for real like dang I need to do some journaling after this my, my journal can well cause yeah <laughs> cause yeah um let's see um I'm trying to think like I think we hit everything if I'm not sure but if we did it we can always make a part two yeah you know but do you have anything else that you wanted to mention or touch on I think I think that's really it it's like you know that we can go about as far as like you know sex being related to you know the abandonment and attachment issues I feel like all of that just kind of dies down to like your self worth do you feel like you're worthy of even upholding these boundaries for yourself or wanting more for yourself mm, for so sure like you no know, it's just that self love definitely like, it all falls down to self love and it really do you said in what self? I'm sorry. I said in what you want for yourself. Like, I feel like we all have an idea of the perfect relationship and the perfect partner, but we just don't have that kind of self-worth to even accept it or maintain those kind of boundaries to um, have those kind of relationships. True. True that. Um, and do you believe that there is a perfect partner for you? Um, I feel like I wouldn't necessarily say the perfect partner, but I feel like you just teach people how to love you or how to understand you and your body, your mentality, and what you need and your needs. And yeah, I just yeah, somebody. That's understandable. Given, I'm literally that's literally what I was gonna say. Like the perfect partner, I'm not gonna say it doesn't exist. Like anybody can accommodate to your needs if if they're willing to listen. Right. If they're willing to be patient, you know, things that like those type of characteristic traits right there. Right. Um, other than that, yeah, self-love is very important throughout this this whole thing that what we're talking about right now. Yes. Self-love. Um what was I finna say? I'm not gonna say I fully know that I have encountered the whole self-love like yep check that off my list because I feel that's a lifelong journey oh feel always because mm-hmm. you're always changing as a person therefore like your idea and what you perceive is always changing so what you choose to accept is just you know that's how you go from there how you move from there mm-hmm. especially with your mindset because your mindset's always going to change because of the right. different type of things we hear we see we right. feel what you deserve, what you don't deserve. Mm-hmm. Like. Yup. Um, so yeah, you guys, that is all that we have for today. Um, let's see how what did we do? We did 30 minutes on this one. Okay. Uh yeah, so that's the end of this episode. I feel kind of light after right. just talking about it. <laughs> a weight off my shoulders. <laughs> for real. Um, so I kind of don't even know what I want to say. If you are having a one of these type of thoughts in your head, if anybody is listening to this, um, you know, if you're having these type of things that you're thinking about, you know, just the podcast is for 
Like, I think, like, like we all have the same type of problems, but we just saw different paths, you know? Right. Um. All in all, love yourself as much as you can, as much as you're willing to do. Be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself because we're all humans at the end of the day. You know, we all are just looking for some tender loving, some unconditional <laughs> loving. You know, things like that. We're all we all soft at the end of the day. We all have an inner child to approach to at the end of the day. Correct. Um, so yeah, I hope that everybody is having a good day. And Dale, you wanted to say anything to the audience before we go? Um, honestly, just a little you know little message out there i just feel like you are not a victim of your circumstances whatsoever mm. your um childhood trauma does not dictate your life and your current reality therefore you have the power to create your reality and accept what you want in your life and what you deserve therefore if you're not in a if you're not happy in a relationship by all means you know take that leap of faith and want better for yourself and do better mm-hmm. for yourself and just change your mentality. It's really all your mentality. Yep. I feel like. But yeah, that's it. All right. Thank you so much for coming on here with me. I really do appreciate you. I think it's crazy. Like, we met that one time. And then now here we are. Like, a year later, I think. Has it been a year? I think a couple of months. Your audio just went out. <laughs> Dang! <laughs> I said, oh, uh, what did I say? I said, it's crazy how we met that one time out of fucking. Yes! I was and then here we are. <laughs> I was literally telling the frame because he was like, whatever. I was just like, it's so crazy because it's just like, I met her one time. And ever since mm-hmm. then, your girl's been on the same path. Like, you really attract <laughs> the same people if you're on that type of energy. For real, so for you real. know it's great to see your, you know, your podcast is coming into fruition, girl. Because I, when you told me to download that Anchor app the very first time, I've had it on my phone ever since. But I'm just now getting into it. Like I'm actually just now putting actually behind my words and what? starting my own podcast. At least, at least, you know, getting that all together. Okay, well, we definitely gonna, you know, shout you out and everything. Whenever you, like, do you have the name and stuff already? No, so it's me and Tiana and my friend Malia. We're all um, trying to get that together. We're still planning it. We're still trying to find an official name, but mm-hmm. it's definitely, you know, on the works. We're um, trying to get it out by fall, so August, come August. Okay, yes, be on the lookout for that. I'm yes. excited for y'all. Yes. All right, Um. what else should I say? Uh, yeah, I think that's all we have to say. With that being said, be on the lookout for her and her group's podcast because it's going to be great. Yes. It's a bunch of black women. Black excellent. About, yes. Talking about everything and anything. Love that. Period. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So you guys have a nice rest of your day. And Dale, I will contact you right after I end this. Okay. All right. Bye, girl. Bye.